Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a solo episode. I'm just going to go over a topic I find interesting. So, if you listened to the episode earlier this week, with so actually, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Actually, sorry. Um, you'll find out next week on the episode that releases uh, with Brandon DeCruz, my uh, sound. So, uh, I'm quarantining, quarantining with my girlfriend. Um, and I don't have my mic with me. I left it at home. So uh, fortunately, this episode and the one with Brandon next Wednesday will have to be, the sound's obviously going to suck. Um, so I apologize in advance uh, for that. Uh, but again, we'll be back to normal after after these two episodes uh, with the sound. So let's dive into the topic. And I want to talk about seven sneaky fat loss killers. So a plateau is it's going to be inevitable uh, on your fat loss journey. You're going to have some weeks where seems easy and then some weeks where it just seems really tough to follow through uh, you know with most clients we're preaching hey just just keep moving forward you know keep keep moving along that's going to be the most important thing there plus you know plateaus aren't the worst thing in the world uh, they can teach you a lot about how to move forward and, and what you need to do moving forward if this were ever to come up again uh, i think it's it's good when a client doesn't have a plateau, but also isn't good because they, can, they don't know, you don't know how to work through that when a plateau comes up. Uh, it's kind of like in sports where a lot of the teams that end up going on to like win the championship or teams that went through some type of like adversity during the season or during the playoffs where, you know, the teams that kind of just cruise through the season and then they get to the playoffs. And then the, the first time they go through adversity, it's when it matters the most and, and they obviously end up losing. So, uh, Kind of the same thing here with that. Um, but, you know, it can be tough when you're working hard and, and not seeing the rewards that you want to be seeing. So I completely understand that if you, know, you ever do run into a plateau, the frustration that can be involved with it. Uh, the first thing, obviously, when you see a plateau is to not give up. Uh, this this happens a lot with clients that are in fat loss phases. You know, they have, they have their weight maintained for like one to three weeks. And, and then all of a sudden, just see this like big drop because they, they stuck through it right whereas a lot of times you know people will plateau for you know a week or so or even a day and they think what they're doing isn't working anymore so they get discouraged and give up don't do that um also you know they could make a bunch of changes that they don't necessarily need to make too so also dumping the gun can be a bad thing i think you need to not sit around for too long but you definitely don't want to jump the gun on things and overreact uh at every little bit so again I like to call this the whoosh uh, effect, where like basically you're stuck at the same weight for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you just have this way in where just things just go boom. They just they just jump down super quick. Um, call that the whoosh effect. Uh, and again, and again, let's remember this is in the context of fat loss. While the most logical advice when you see a plateau in fat loss is to do some combination of move more, eat less which is good advice. Like that's obviously going to help, but there are some sneaky things that you're doing slash not doing uh, that you're not realizing that is causing the plateau. And so I want to dive into those. And so the first one's going to be under reporting. 
underreporting your food intake. So most clients track their nutrition in some way. Um, some track things like how sources of, of like how many sources of protein or veggies they have throughout the day, and then some track their calories or macros. It just really depends on, on the person. Um, at some point, I do like to get people to at least try and track their macros um, if they're willing to do that. Uh, I just find that that's the most helpful. But again, there's ways to do it without without that. So the ones that track their calories and macros, the common complaint I see when they track is they say something like, you know, I'm only eating 1500 calories, not losing weight. You know, this is frustrating. That's just kind of a common comment there. Not common, but one that you'll see, especially if someone's plateaued. And while they may be eating 1500 calories, you know, again, this we, we don't want to assume that the client's not telling the truth. Chances are they're probably underreporting, right? 1500 calories is a tough thing to actually hit um, and not feel that. So but again, they're probably underreporting and we don't want to assume that, but chances are they're underreporting. Um, maybe it's on purpose or maybe they just are messing up portion sizes or they're only logging the clean foods. I made a post earlier this week about why tracking macros may not be working for you and uh, kind of dives into you know some of the things here in terms of clients only track like clean foods. Um, they, they forget to track like their snacks, stuff like that. Um, and again, maybe that's on purpose or maybe they just forget to, right? That, that definitely happens where we just kind of, you know, we're, again, I think it's more so like we're more likely to forget those things, but also you, you know, you, you want to forget those things almost in a way, so therefore you do forget them. Uh, but it's pretty crazy where, uh, and I wrote a blog on this at some point, how how people underreport their their actual work intake. And so Clark et al. in 1994 did a group of women who claimed to be quote unquote small eaters. Um, small eaters can be described as someone who claims to be eating a small amount but cannot seem to lose weight. Uh, these small eaters in the study claimed to eat uh, 1,340 calories per day, um, but when they used a technique called the doubly lab labeled water method, uh, this is a very accurate way to find out uh, how much someone actually consumes, uh, they found out that they were actually eating 2,586 calories per day when they, when they, uh, took that measurement. So they were, you know, under, they were under reporting by almost double basically. Uh, they later then put them on the actual amount of calories they, they thought they were consuming. And guess what happened? They lost about 1.65 pounds per week. So this kind this study kind of showed that you know, just because you say you're eating that amount of calories doesn't necessarily mean you are. Now, if you're at a plateau, this is just something that you simply need to look at. This isn't me coming at you saying you're lying and not putting down the things you're actually eating. Just, just be aware, right? Look into that. I think and being honest with yourself is super important here. Um, another study by dietitians on dietitians by Champagne at all in 2002 showed that even nutrition professionals such, such as these dietitians misreported their true intake by up to 200 calories per day. So again, the next time you tell yourself that there's no way that you are, aren't overeating, uh, just remember even professionals underestimate how many calories they, they consume. Um, the thing with this underreporting is that the typical foods that were underreported were foods considered quote unquote bad for health, you know, again, things like cookies, cakes, french fries, et cetera. Uh, they were the foods that found to be reported less frequently and smaller portions than what they actually consumed. So if you're eating a number of calories you think you should be losing on, make sure you're reporting everything. Your body has to do something with energy and give it, even if you don't log it. So again, this just comes down to you being honest and, and to also just, again, just, just seeing if you're overlooking some things. Uh, I, I think it's a mistake when, and sometimes I get this way too, but um, you know, we'll talk to clients about like making certain changes and they're like, I already do all those things. Uh, one of the big ones that, that 
it's kind of, and we'll talk about sleep here in a minute, but is, is sleep. You know, you kind of talk to somebody about sleep, like, okay, here's some, here's, again, I'm not a sleep doctor, but here's some recommendations for sleep on how to improve your sleep. Oh, already do all those. Uh, nothing works. It's like, really though? I mean, so same thing here with this, like, don't be so quick to assume that you're perfect with this. Um, again, even professionals that work in, that are nutrition professionals, even they underestimate, they even underestimate their caloric intake. So we have to just want to make sure that you're, you're looking into it at least. So the second sneaky fat loss killer is going to be snacking throughout the day. Um, this goes hand in hand with under reporting, but a lot of times I'll ask clients if they're snacking throughout the day. Um, and, and just because again, this is going to be something where it's like, we don't think it's a lot, but it, but it's done regularly and done a couple of times throughout the day. It can't start to add up. So think of this as like grabbing a handful of women ends or some chips that are sitting on the counter throughout the day. Uh, you know, one little, you know, you just kind of think like, oh, it doesn't count, right? I, I remember I used to do this all the time when I was younger. Not younger, but well, I was younger. But when I was, you know, trying to pay attention to like what I was eating and I didn't really know the ins and outs of it. I remember I looked at like the uh, serving sizes on it and look at the uh, calories and stuff on the back and then like take just a bite or two here and there and then like kind of think like that didn't count. So I, I know people do that. Like, and I said I've done it in the past, but again, these can add up. And usually, these foods are things that are very calorie dense. They're high in calories, and they're just easy to overeat, uh, or not. Yes, over easy to overeat, but also to feel like you're not eating a lot, but you are getting a lot of calories, and at least enough calories to where it's like now that weight loss is now a, a smaller amount of weight loss, or it's you're at maintenance now. Um, again, if done multiple times, these calories can quickly add up without filling you up. That's our thing; they don't fill you up. So it may seem like they aren't doing much, but again, if, if done over time, this can add up to again, an extra 250 to 500 extra calories per day. And again, that's going to be something that's going to get you from being in a large deficit to a smaller deficit to potentially even at maintenance. And if you're at maintenance, it can potentially get you into a surplus. Um, especially since these types of foods are, are usually calorie dense. Uh, like I talked about, if your fat loss has plateaued, take an honest look in the mirror and see if you're starting to grab more of these small, quote unquote, instant snacks throughout the day. Snacking is a big one, though. That's one part that when clients get into a fat loss phase, I really try to get them to. The only time you're eating is when you're eating a full meal, uh, and, and you'll be surprised at how big a difference that can make for a lot of people. So the third sneaky fat loss killer is going to be condiments. Um, so just like with small handfuls of snacks throughout the day, condiments can be a sneaky source of calories. Uh, again, this is something that when a client plateaus, we'll we'll look into this. And again, I, I guess I probably should have said this at the beginning. But we're looking into this before we're going to make an adjustment to like how many calories they're eating on their cardio levels. Okay. So this, this, these are things that we want to look into before it's like, Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's change your uh, caloric amount. Um, so again, looking into the condiments that they're using a lot of times the clients mentioned that they do use things like dressings, you know, things like ranch and the condiments like barbecue sauce or creamer in their coffee. And again, these aren't inherently bad. Nothing's bad. But if you don't pay attention to them, they too can quickly add up and add 200 to 500 calories per day. Uh, also, again, with these types of these condiments, they usually are just enhancing the taste. So they really don't do a good job of filling you up at all. You're just, just as hungry, if not more hungry than you were before you did it. So th that's also where they can be tricky is like, this is why, you know, we want to try to limit these things because 
again, they're just adding calories, but they're not really filling you up. So I don't want to say they're extra calories, but they kind of are, right? Um, but the option obviously is to eat less calories throughout the day, but then hunger is going to increase. So that's where we need to be careful with it. Um, if this is an issue for you, uh, switching to a lower calorie option is, is, is a great choice. There's a ton of low calorie options out there uh, that, that can save you some calories, especially for things like dressings. Like that's, that's a big one that really can save you. I mean, ketchup, it's like, I mean, I think they have some ketchups out there that are lower calorie, but for the most part, I mean, you're not really going to find anything that's going to save a ton of calories there with ketchup, but we're talking things like dressings. Those make it pretty, if you look at something like a light ranch or a reduced fat ranch compared to regular ranch, those do really add up. I mean, we're talking probably, I feel like upwards of like 60 to 100 calories per serving there. Um, but it, it, again, that can add up. So and just pay attention to serving sizes too. This is something that I would tell clients that are in a fat loss phase and I look through their food log. I see they're using these things. I'm going to tell them specifically, Hey, this isn't bad that you're doing this, but I do want you to be aware that this is an easy thing to get a ton of extra calories. And so you just have to be, be careful with it. Um, so weigh it out or whatever it may be, just again, be careful with the, with the portion sizes there. So the, the four sneaky, Fat loss killer is just low activity levels. Um, you guys have heard me talk plenty of times about the importance of that. So, uh, again, we know the importance of, of getting your steps in. So, you know, we know that uh, activity levels can um, help curb your cravings. Again, it helps you regulate your food, your appetite better. Um, again, and as we know, as you diet, your need levels go down, and this can alter how many calories you burn throughout the day. And so, this is where activity can help you there. Um, a study showed that people who were sedentary ate the same amount as those who were active. Uh, the authors mentioned that one of the main reasons is that there's low, the low activity levels may lead to appetite dysregulation. So basically with higher levels of physical activity, we improve our ability to detect whether we have undereaten or overeaten compared to those who are sedentary. Um, so again, not only do you eat the same amount of calories as someone who's active, but you may not be able to regulate, regulate your appetite as well. So this is going to be a recipe for overconsumption. Um, if you have a job or lifestyle where you sit most of the day, it's important to seek out daily activity. Again, doing things like 20 minute walks throughout the day, parking farther away, um, taking steps whenever you can, move chores around the house, walking, walk and talk on the phone when you can, putting things further away in your house, just getting up when you can and getting moving around any little bit that you think about it. These can all be things that add up throughout the day. Um, again, as I'm sure that you've, you've listened to this recently, uh, we focus on a step goal and we track this through an activity tracker like an iWatch or a, a Fitbit. The next one is poor environment. So if you're constantly having to use your willpower to say no to something, eventually you're going to be more likely to give it, um, especially after a stressful day at work or if you have a pen out for the day. I think a lot of people just think that they can get around this or they can just willpower their way through. But if you're being bombarded with bad choices all day long and, you know, say you've been doing fat loss for a while, your hunger and cravings are higher and your motivation is lower because you've been doing it longer, most people are going to give into this at some point. So check the environments you are in on a daily basis. You know, maybe it's having a heart-to-heart -heart with a loved one and see if for the time being, they will help set up a more successful environment for you around the house. Uh, obviously, you can't do much about it at work, but at home, you can obviously have that conversation with, with somebody you love with, and I'm sure that they will be open to having that conversation, especially if you approach it in the right way. Um, just you know, mention how important your goal is to you and this makes it tougher and we really appreciate if during this time we could, you know, maybe not have that type of food in the house, or hide it or whatever it may be. Um, 
but let's say you don't have control over the environment, you know, make sure you're planning ahead and setting yourself up to be successful by bringing in healthy options and having healthy go-to options on hand. So again, this goes back to your work or going to an event or something like that. You can't really control that, but what you can control is making sure that you're prepared for it um, best as you can. Again, it's bringing stuff, or maybe it's making sure that you eat a filling meal before you leave. Um, and two, just if you can try to stay away from the area where the food is at. Um, sometimes, I, again, that's out of your control, but if you have control of that, try to stay away from where the food's at. That can always be super helpful there. Um, so also finding habits that, that help you say no. So maybe it's going for a 10 minute walk every time you get the temptation to get home, or maybe you drink a big glass of water. And every time you do this, your temptations go away. And just kind of just finding ways to uh, that, that help you say no. So, you know, anytime you get a temptation, maybe if you get up and walk for 10 minutes, that helps it go away for a little bit, right? Or, or it helps it go away in, in general. And then maybe drinking a big glass of water helps you as well. Uh, Another thing that can be potentially helpful is like just taking five minutes to, to, to just breathe. Um, I like to use an app called Headspace. Uh, and again, that can just help you again, just take a deep breath and just make sure you're not making a choice that you're going to later regret. Um, I think it at least get some awareness to the situation and that can help you help steer you in the right direction. But again, find what works for you. That's, that's the most important. Next we have poor sleep. So many people think, that they're the exception to the rule when it comes to sleep. I think we all do. Uh, research shows that if you constantly get poor sleep, you, you are going to pay for it. Your health is going to decline. You make worse decisions, and you don't think as effectively either. Uh, your, your choices just are just not as great. Um, but poor sleep can also affect your hunger levels as well as your activity levels, which is going to play a huge role in, in weight management, right? We know that. Um, for example, in this study by Zhu et al. 2019, they showed that a single night of sleep restriction causes increases in hunger and caloric intake. Um, and so, again, getting poor night's sleep can lead to an increase in cravings, hunger, food intake, and a decrease in physical activity. So, again, maybe it's so maybe it doesn't have anything to do with your diet. Like, obviously, yes, directly eating more food is going is going to cause you to get out of that deficit that you want to get in from fat loss, but you know, your lack of sleep might be indirectly, you know, it's causing you to overeat because you're hungry, right? So we need to look at that. Um, and because you're getting poor sleep, you know, it's causing you to move less and eat one next day without you realizing it. So therefore it gets you into a positive, a positive or neutral energy balance when you want to be in that negative energy balance to lose body fat. So we need to look at sleep, right? I mean, it, it has to be something that you look at, especially if it is important, because again, your choices are going to be off, you're going to be hungrier, and this is just going to make that process much tougher. So again, it may not be your food intake. Basically, you may not need to make an adjustment like calorie-wise. You, you just may need to focus on getting more sleep. So let's say that you do get a bad night of sleep. How can you manage that the next day? Uh, aim for a step goal. Um, as we found out, your body will naturally want to be lazier following poor night's sleep. Uh, so fight this by making sure you hit a step goal for the day. That is, you know, again, this way you're just likely to stay more active. Again, because of that, you regulate your appetite better. Um, focus on eating more filling foods. Um, again, following poor night's sleep, you're more likely to undereat protein and overeat sugar and saturated fat. Uh, just again, tastier food. You're going to want tastier foods the next day. That's what your body's going to crave. So aim to get a lead source of protein at each meal the following day. 
which you should be doing always, anyways, if you listen to this podcast, as well as increasing your vegetable intake from the day. And again, that will help fill you up so that you're less likely to overeat those, those tastier foods. Um, caffeine can be an option too. Look at drinking a little more caffeine earlier in the day to help with lowering your hunger levels because we know that caffeine can be an appetite suppressant, uh, but it's also going to help with energy levels. So if so, if it's going to help with energy levels, again, that can help you maybe move more. And then because you're moving more, you are can regulate your appetite better. You're also not just sitting around thinking about food. So again, that can help indirectly. Uh, I will say, you know, Really avoid drinking your caffeine too late in the day, though, as that can affect sleep the next night. And that obviously is counterproductive to what we're trying to do here. And then just trying to get a good night's sleep as soon as you can. But while poor night's sleep can hurt you the following day, can decrease hunger, caloric intake, decrease activity levels. Uh, it appears that following multiple nights of poor sleep, just one night of good sleep can really bring everything back to normal. So make sure you're just getting a good night of sleep as soon as you can. The last sneaky fat loss killer. And you've probably never heard me say this before. I'm obviously joking. Uh, low protein intake. So, uh, well, again, uh, I'm sure most of you have heard this, but if there's anyone new listening, you know, protein not only helps with the maintenance slash building of muscle mass, but it also is very filling. Uh, if your diet is low in protein, you may be risking muscle loss. Probably not, but again, at least so long as you're lifting weights. I don't think you're risking muscle loss, but again, the more often you do it, you probably are. You just want to be careful with it. Uh, and in turn, you know, if you do lose muscle, this is going to make fat loss tougher and your diet just may not be satiating enough to help you stick to the core of not you need to for fat loss if, if protein is too low. Um, as we know, hunger cravings go up the longer you diet and leaner you get and higher hunger and higher hunger levels, your cravings make adherence to your fat loss diet. Very challenging. You know, again, if you're always hungry, it's going to be tougher to say no, right? Especially if you have some of these other things like the poor environment as well. Again, for protein, again, we know that we want to aim for about one gram of body weight. Uh, and this is going to help maintain building muscle and it's going to help keep your hunger at bay. But obviously, the other thing too uh, that I've talked about is it does higher levels of protein, uses the most energy to absorb and digest. So also, if you go from a lower protein intake to a higher protein intake, you'll probably see a little bit of an uptick there. It's not going to be much, but every little bit counts. So again, if you're plateaued, like check over these, see if you're making any of these sneaky mistakes that a lot of people overlook. Uh, you know, do this before you make a big change to like how many calories you're eating or your activity levels, you know. Definitely look at this first before making that. And then again, if, if you find that a, if something warrants it, then, then that's fine. Um, Again, if you're plateau, check to see if you're making some of these mistakes. No matter what, though, it's important you stick with it. Don't give up. And just keep going, right? Uh, again, if you need more structure or guidance with this, that's what I'm doing for. You can fill out the, the coaching application. Or if you just have questions, you can also ask those, too. Uh, you can send the email or Instagram as well. Very active on both of those. Um, so that's the topic for this week. Again, sorry about the sound. Uh, if you guys have any other questions or any topics you'll be to specifically go over that would be awesome um that's it for this week and i will chat with you guys next week thank you for listening if you want more free content like this follow me on instagram at jeff h 91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net see you next time